beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to another episode of Malfunction coming in hot for you right now. This week on the pod, we have prominent tattoo artist based out of Dallas, Texas, Dre Lee on the podcast. So excited for y'all to listen in on this one as she's a really inspiring guest for me in particular because in my eyes, I feel like Dre is living the dream. She's a full-time tattoo artist. She is living her art every single day and she's not only doing that, but she's very successful. She's built a brand up of her own on Instagram and her and her wife actually own and operate their own tattoo shop here in Dallas called Electric Phil Studio. So there's there's a lot of success there and I was really excited to sit down and ask her like about her background and how she's gotten to where she is today. So we get to learn about Dre's journey, how she became a tattoo artist, and then we also dive into some stuff about her tattoo process, how she built her brand, opening up her own business, and a lot more. I was particularly interested in learning about how she combats negative thoughts as an artist relating to her confidence in pursuing her art as a full-time career, because I think that's something common that artists can struggle with or people that are trying to pursue art in general as a career. Sometimes that can be looked as like you're not supposed to quote-unquote pursue. It was really interesting helpful and refreshing to hear about how she approaches life and her work, her career, and um, I learned a lot about that. And of course, being a fellow queer, we cannot leave out the juicy topics of, you know, how she met her wife and when she realized she was gay after being called out by her high school boyfriend's mom over her Britney Spears obsession. It's so funny, y'all. And to cap off our conversation, we realize we have a shared love for pickleball, even though neither of us have actually played a single game of pickleball yet. But in our minds, we have both won a championship in a pickleball league already, and that's pretty awesome. And we do venture into some conversations about aliens. I can't help but talk about aliens almost every single podcast. Anyways, y'all, this was a really great conversation. So many topics we covered, serious to funny, especially if you're an artist out there. This is a great conversation for you to listen in on. It was a treat for me to get to learn about Dre's journey and how she established herself as a highly sought after artist in the tattoo industry. If you don't already follow Dre, go ahead and check the show notes. I have a link to her Instagram. Go check it out. You're going to see some amazing work. And I don't know if her books are open because she's pretty damn busy. But if her books ever do open, you want to get on the books, okay? Also, go ahead and follow the podcast wherever you're listening to. Give me a review if you wouldn't mind and maybe share this on your story on Instagram or something like that. All right, y'all, I'm going to stop talking. Let's get to the good stuff. Kind of like having a lot of freedom with what I'm doing because like sometimes I'm talking about stuff going on with me or the next week I have somebody like a guest on like yourself or some like a friend just chatting it up. So it's just kind of all over the place and it's not really super serious like don't feel like you have to live up to anything is like okay, good. I'm honestly just 
really excited to sit down and talk to you because like I said, like since we crossed paths at that will show, um, I always was like, man, this girl is really got it going on and she's got some cool stuff and I've just always followed what you've been doing. So really eager to chat about your story, like how you got to here. So welcome to the podcast, Dre. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we were finally able to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's been, um, been talking about it for a couple months now, and I really appreciate you coming on. So first and foremost, thanks for stopping by the studio. I've got my phone out. I promise I'm not scrolling on Instagram. Just texting other people. I'm texting. Bored already. <laughs> yes. Uh, this Two minutes is, in. This is already going south. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I guess let's just start from the beginning, Dre. Um, tell me a little bit about where did you grow up and how did you get to Texas? Like uh, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, and I left when I was about 22. Okay. Um, I've lived in so many places, so it's, it's a long story of how I got here, but to sum it up... Um, I was living in San Francisco, tattooing out there, where I met my current wife, Amanda, and she works for Texas Instruments. So okay. on our third date, she was like, hey, I have to move to Dallas. And I was like, what? Holy cow. Yeah. And, you know, as what lesbians do, we're like, wait. U-Haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but so we got a minivan, so <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Um, um but we did like long distance for seven months. And then okay. once we couldn't stand not being away from each other, then we packed up a, a van and here here we are. That's so cool, man. I love it. Um, oh, I forgot to, to let everybody know. Dre is a tattoo artist here in Dallas. And so I'm going to drop her socials in the show notes so y'all can check out all of her artwork. But just wanted to let y'all know who this person is that we're talking to uh, today on the podcast. So, yeah, she's she's a tattoo artist here in Dallas. Um, and I would say, do you specialize in pet and floral designs? Is that what you would say your specialty is? Or do you have a specialty? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I think like a couple of years ago, once I started doing more like pet portraits, I'm just like, if I could do this every day, mm -hmm. like for the rest of my tattoo career, I, I would love that. And the tattoo gods were kind of like, okay, here you go. So yeah, I tattoo a lot of pets. And of course, I love flowers. And so does everyone else. They represent so much. Yeah. Um, so kind of doing that in combination or separate. But I mean, I guess I love doing that the most. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it'd be like a specialty, but that's kind of like what I'm focused on for now. Yeah. So starting off tattooing where did where did tattooing start for you where did that whole journey begin it's it started I guess in someone's kitchen okay <laughs> years ago I I was maybe I want to say like 18 or 19 um and I was trying to remember the kid's name who I tattooed but he was like hey I have this like tattoo machine and everything and and I'm just like, I let's do it. Like, I want to do it. So we found like some other kids, mom's kitchen, like I, just so random. Uh -huh. And I drew out a ram skull. Like that's what he wanted. And I put it on his arm and I, I did it. And I don't know what it looks like. And I don't, you know, that was before I kind of had, I mean, I guess it could have been a picture on my phone back in the day. Uh -huh. but, um, 
So it started there. And then I was like, I love this, but my mom is going to kill me if mm-hmm. she knows that this is something I'm interested in. So I guess the next time that it came around, I used to be on the Vans Warp Tour. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. Doing I, what? <laughs> the first year I did the slip and slide. So if y'all ever went to the Warp Tour in Texas, that inflatable slip and slide. I bet you, I'm, I'm sure there are some people that I know For that sure. did that. Yeah. Like, and it was disgusting. It was. <laughs> so you were in charge of like I was in charge. That? Yeah. I had like a generator and I roll it out. It was oh like on this dolly. Like, and you know, it was... It was a lot, but I got to travel for two months out of the year and got to see like some of my favorite bands. And then the next two years after that, I did sponsorship for Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Oh my God. So just like I just had a tent and anyway, it was ridiculous. So uh, one of my friends on tour, he, he's a tattoo artist as well. And he, um, my best friend and I wanted to get tattooed one night. We were pretty drunk and he was doing it and I just asked if I could try it on myself and he let me and I was just like, it clicked again for me. I'm like, I love this. Like, yeah. So I, w- I, you know, in that state of mind, I was like, I need to do this. Like, how, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And he was like, well, you have to find an apprenticeship and go from there. So, so wait, what did you tattoo on yourself? It's this Salvador Dali clock on my foot i don't know if you can kind of like see that let me look like salvador dolly's one of my favorite tattooers or not tattooers (laughs) artists but um yeah it's terrible that's not cool what i mean it's like it's cool that you have that concept and and you you know it's got a story behind it It i love that kind of yeah and and my friend has like a matching one and so okay yeah we have a few of those that's Um, awesome so yeah so i just searched for an apprenticeship for over a year and the opportunities I would say were just out there until I found one in San Jose California okay were you did you draw and stuff before you got into tattooing like what was your creative life like before you got into tattooing yeah so like since I was a kid I was always drawing and I remember at an early age I would win like art competitions in Uh school and so my mom always like pushed me to like go into art her dad was an artist and then I have two cousins who are pretty big into it as well so that kind of like seemed like the my path Mm -hmm. um and then as I got older I was just like no I don't I I was interested in um in uh real estate randomly yeah okay so but so I oh like anytime in school I was still just like drawing on the side you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um it was still always my passion so but yeah I was always doing art and then at one point I thought I would do like web design and then I hated the computer so then I kind of just let it hang for a while yeah so you drew and stuff before tattooing and then you started to fall in love with it and so you got to get an apprenticeship what and it took you about a year to find the right spot. What does that process look like for somebody? Let's say someone's interested in getting into tattooing right now. Like, how does that? What does that look like? I think the right way of what that would look like is to have a strong art portfolio, mm-hmm. and you know that includes like tattooable designs. Um, I just kind of like went around with like a portfolio of the art that I've done into random shops and just trying to find anyone who knew a tattoo artist that would be willing to take on an apprentice um but it was all just like crazy scenarios like 
there was one in LA and the guy was like, yeah, but you're going to have to live here in the attic. And then you're kind of like security. What? And I was like, <laughs> I'm five foot two, maybe on a good day. Like, I don't know if I could be security for you. Um, and that just seems wild. And then there's another one out in Florida and like, that one just got a little weird too with the, the person who was going to mentor me. Like, so I'm glad I didn't go to Florida. And then I found the one in San Jose, which was great because my dad lived in the East Bay as well. So I got to live with him. Okay. And that was um, under eight guys out there. Dang. And yeah. So you start doing that. So what does that look like? You start, like, do you go to the shop every day and you just kind of watch them at the at first? Or are you working the front desk? Like, how does that look? It was, um, so I guess traditionally it was, I just cleaned a lot. So, um, I was kind of like first one in last one out situation. And Mm -hmm. because it was a street shop, meaning that, you know, people like came in whenever. Um, so I got there around, I'd say 10 AM and some nights I didn't leave till like one or two in the morning. And then I'd go home and try to draw and then just go back like seven days a week for like the first year until like I was at a breaking point. I'm like, I need one day off a week. Um, were you getting paid? No. Oh my god! <laughs> no. How are you surviving? Well, fortunately, like living with my dad, you yeah. know, and like anytime I had to ask him for money, I was just like, "This is, this is terrible." Like, but I've I've done so many jobs leading up to that point, so he was like, "You have to like stick with this mm-hmm. if this is something you want to do." You know, put everything into it. So he made sure I never went. Without. He understood your mission. Yeah, like, he yeah. supported what you were after yeah even though it was so like you know my my dad's from hong kong right so my older sister she's a doctor and like successful and like when you hear of like a tattooer you're just kind of like what is my kid doing you know so i think like that career choice for me was kind of far-fetched but at the same time he was just like he saw my ability and my passion for it so he supported that Mm -hmm. but you know it was still a struggle because he never gave me more than what I needed either you know what I mean like there was no yeah. extras right but yeah. most people you know can't do it unless they have a supportive situation in the background this is interesting I kind of want to talk to you about this you mentioned just now that that's a little bit of a far-fetched idea or you know career choice for you to go after and I I have similar feelings about some of the stuff that I like my dreams and like my passions and pursuits that I'm after like I have I struggle with this voice that tells me that that's unrealistic, not not the wise thing to do, or it's just like not the best place to put all of your efforts for the long run for your career or whatever. How do you, and I mean, here you are, you're sitting here in front of me and that you are a tattoo artist, like a very established person and creative. How, how do you combat that voice like, how did you combat that voice to get to where you are now where you're a full-time artist? Um, and do you still struggle with that sort of thinking? Yeah, I think that voice is always going to be there. Um, you know, I, and I think that's what helps you just to keep going and to keep proving it wrong almost. Um, but there was plenty of times that I wanted to quit and just be like, go back into real estate go do something that has more security, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's many, many times where I'm just like, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't it. Um, I, th- I think 
that point was when I met Amanda, honestly, because she was my, my biggest fan. She was just like, you are talented and you got it and you have my support. And she's just the way she thinks is more logical. So she's like, well, let's put, you know, the business side, you know, more in the forefront of how you communicate with clients and how your presence is on Instagram and how you're marketing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, something that, you know, as an artist brain, you don't really think about. Right. Um, but I I'm constantly thinking if I didn't tattoo, what else would I do? Mm-hmm. So I think I have to put all those eggs in that basket because there's nothing else that I love as much as this or think that I would be decent at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's like a, 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 you don't really have a choice. You're being pulled in a direction by like almost fate or, you know, you're just being drawn in this certain direction. Um, what was the point where you, or was there even a point that you can pinpoint that you started to get the inkling that, hey, I, I actually can do this. Like, this is actually very, this is reachable. I, again, I don't know. It's, I still live in this very like surreal world of just like, is this a dream? Yeah. Like, am I actually tattooing people every day? Do people actually want me to permanently mark their bodies? Like, you know what I, like people travel to come to you. They do. Yeah. I had a lady travel from Alaska. It took her 24 hours and four flights. Wow. And I'm blown. Like, I'm like, that was totally made up in my head. I made that up, but I, so yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 cool that you. I like that answer because it just shows that you're really on this journey still. Like you're still on this journey, and you're like, um, and it does seem that things like that happen. That life unfolds in ways that we don't know it's unfolding until we kind of peek back and we're like, oh my gosh, this is all happened, and this is where I'm at. And, um, so you got to the point where you were, you were apprenticing and then how do you start tattooing people? Do you like, how does that (laughs) even, how does that, you go from like cleaning the equipment to tattooing somebody? Yeah, I guess it, it was crazy. Um, that we had a flash day. So like, uh, flash days are like, you know, it was, I think it was like a Halloween and so the designs or tattoos were like $50, right? So like it was just packed and busy. And I remember I was just running around, like setting all the guys up, checking people in. And the shop owner was like, hey, like, are you ready? And I was like, no. Like, like it, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, no. And he was like, get in where you fit in. So I had to borrow like something from every artist, so, like a machine, a clip cord, foot pedal, like inks, like all of it. And then set up in the middle of the back room and try to tattoo people while still doing everything else. And it was terrifying. And so I just kind of, I just did it, which I don't know if if that's the right way, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you just do it until you figure it out. So Um, it was just one day they said, all right, today is the day that you're going to start tattooing real human beings up to that point where you, were they teaching you like, different techniques like what does an apprentice learn under a tattoo artist like what are some of the things like do they teach you how to like draw on skin like I'm sure that's different yeah it's just it's just there's so many things that go into it um but I think after like the year mark they started letting me like watch more you Mm -hmm. know because at first they're like you know 
can't. You just need to be, we need to make sure that you're loyal gonna be, yeah, yeah. To stay around. and everything that we give you, you're going to respect that mm-hmm. and honor that. So, um, so I started like watching more and then anytime you, like I would get tattooed, I always just watch what they do try to ask questions, you know? Um, and then I think my main mentor, uh, I think I had tattooed him and he was like, kind of like guiding me through it. But, um, yeah, a lot of has, has changed since then to now, but, um, there's not really too much practice up until like tattooing on. It's just kind of like at some point you got to just hit the ground running. Yeah. And I, I would get the guys like coffee every morning. So like all the coffee kids, like I told them like, Hey, one day I'm going to be tattooing and I have to like practice on someone. So fortunately for me, I had like just all the kids let me practice on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So do you have people apprentice under you now? I do. Um, I had one that just graduated a couple months ago. I don't know. Everything's flying by. And then there's two right now and they're going to be tattooing next month. And so that went by really quick. Um, Wow. And how long are their apprenticeships? It's a year and a half. Uh, Amanda and I like sat down and like try to create a curriculum where they learn about history and representation and and things that I never like learned about. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I like, I try to, cram everything that I know in like the past 10 years into a year mm-hmm. right so every two weeks I like have a homework assignment like that includes like drawing and you know whatever lesson that's on like whether it's different needle types or uh ink pigments yeah um and now they're practicing on fake skin so it's like silicone and they can actually like practice th- on that Oh, so there's Before, tools like that yeah, now yes. that you didn't have back in the day. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so I've always, I only have a couple of tattoos and they're not major. So, uh, but whenever I do see someone getting tattooed, I just don't even understand how you know what you're doing because the <laughs> ink completely covers up and you're just like going and I don't know how to. So, how what the heck what is the (laughs) difference between pen and skin and how do you know what you're doing i don't know you just it's just a fit no i'm kidding Uh, (laughs) but that's an answer i would give if someone asked me for music so i I don't know i just kind of do it i feel like it is it's more of a feeling you know i can only tell you so much and then until you actually do it or try it then you're like okay now i get it you Uh know what i mean it's a it's a feeling it's a feedback um I would be so nervous to mess up. Like, have you ever messed up and you just kind of figure it out as you go? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, that's why, you know, that's why there's shading and tattoos, you know? I mean, not so much anymore, but yeah, they're like every day, like when I'm doing someone's pet, like that's so important to them. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of pressure. So I definitely don't want to screw up. Um, I haven't that I think of and you do like freehand <laughs> don't you no, no no those like it's funny because a lot of people think that I draw off your videos of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no those are just for fun I don't know <laughs> okay because I I was one of those people yeah. like wow it goes I, from that to that, that I is- wish there's there's I'm not that good there's no way um no it's all stenciled out from a from a photo yeah that's understandable I, mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I wish I, I know I know so um I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you kind of touched on it um, about and how Amanda helped you kind of pull in the business side of it and develop that for you. So you do have a really solid Instagram following. 
And I know that that probably really helps promote your art and um, is a part of like what you do. So how did how did you get your Instagram to where it is now? Like, did it go viral overnight over one specific post? Did you build it up? How did that happen? I think that was like a that was like a slow growth okay. situation. There's been like a few posts that like, you know, obviously helped, you know, a few people that I've tattooed and that's also helped bring it up. Mm-hmm. But for the most part of it, it's just like a slow growing situation. Um, you know, some people, they just blow up. Yeah, um, just off of like a couple of different posts. It just it is, happened yeah. overnight. And I, I've seen them. I've, I've seen it happen. But no, mine is just like, a, <laughs> it's kind of like my age. Like we're like just matching to my age. I feel <laughs> you know well you do and you have a lot of engagement as well like it's not like you have one post that has a you know did really well and then the next several aren't very engaged it's like you have very strong engagement and so it's like that slow growth makes sense to me because that's organic growth a lot of the times you know um but as an artist for yourself like how do you balance the Instagram, social media part of it? Um, I know that's a little bit of a headache for me. That's like that's one of my goals for this next year is to like I've sort of wrapped my head around getting the podcast going and stuff. Now my next layer is I want to try to promote it a little bit better. Um, but do you do you struggle like with that or do you have plans on how you post? How do you tackle that? I I hate social media okay (laughs) but I also love it right because it's free marketing and there's no other tool that you know kind of lets you do that and when I first started tattooing I would go out to like bars or to college campuses and be like hey do you guys want to tattoo like that's how I had to market myself and when Instagram came around it's literally like just free and out there Um, but now it's come to a point where I will catch myself trying to do something on my end and I am just scrolling and oh yeah you get sucked in hours the- goes by and I'm, I hate it and so then I don't get anything done and then it's past like my posting time that I would like to do it so I honestly don't know it's it's hard it's like a it's a battle you know you have to I think if you post what you need to do and give yourself a time limit mm-hmm. um yeah but really. I don't know anything about it it's just it's this foreign new thing so. yeah do you use do you like use specific hashtags and you mentioned timing your posts a certain way so you do you have some of those strategies that you use yeah I, th- I think so like I feel like most of my demographic you know goes to bed before like 10 o'clock so I'm trying to get it before I'm not like it's it, it is what it is uh so yeah I try to do that and then also like for hashtags I don't know either because people are like don't use the same ones and then other people are like don't use any or you're not using enough. So I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I know me either. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just trying. Um, I think the less you try, maybe the better it is right now. Yeah. Cause I see things where I'm like, how come that has like a million views? Like that was stupid. It does seem like that to get, to get that ultra, um, attention post where it's getting just an enormous amount of attention just seems like a lot of luck like of course you got to get into the algorithm but once it gets in there then somehow it gets spun around you know but um but yeah it does seem like a lot of luck on that and I don't know I mean it just can be overwhelming as a creative person in our age our day and age, which I think that it's like great. I mean, we do have all of these tools to at our disposal to use to promote ourselves. It's 
every gift has its price, you know, like social media. That's how I view it is that, yes, there's a lot of terrible things and people can get really weird on it. But it's also like you just said, it's a really good way to interact with people far and wide very easily. And so um, but it is just another thing on your plate that you have to worry about or that you are forced to think that you got to worry about because of the times that we live in you want to be relevant or whatever it is and so um it's always frustrating for me as an artist like uh to to get into that because I don't I don't know I don't feel like I do very well um it's something I'm still learning how to do you know yeah I mean it it, I don't know if anyone really knows you know um I think though that you just have to stay consistent yeah and maybe that's the key but i yeah i love and hate it yep it sounds like everybody sort of feels the same way on that but um i'm interested in the day in the life of dre like what's the day to day look like for you what time do you get to the studio what's the vibe like take me through it one of your days well i would say it's fairly boring in the in the mornings I get up pretty late uh I'm a night owl so I I usually don't go to bed till like two or three in the morning gotcha um and then I wake up around like nine which is a lie usually around 10 (laughs) (laughs) and uh I get I try to get to the studio my first appointments are at 11 30 or noon so I try to get there at 11 30 or noon yeah it's so bad I, I hate being late I have like the worst anxiety about it like even here I'm like I'm gonna be two minutes late you know and I'm I just I hate it but I'm always late um I and I, don't ask me why I don't <laughs> uh and then I get there and uh yeah I tattoo and I just kind of like focus in on my client and and what I'm doing in that moment and then the day just flies by and I rarely like find time to, you know, eat or use the restroom. Like it just goes by so quick and I'm just trying to work. And then how many people do you tattoo a day? And I'm sure it just depends on the portrait. Sure. So I do like two, like two half days or one full day situation. Mm. So like two pet portraits or like if someone's doing like florals and da da da, then it'll be like a whole day. Yeah. But it's like. I try to be done by 8 p.m. I like. And my, then you leave, you try to leave the studio by 8? Eh, not necessarily, but like try to like be done tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wear like daily contacts and they're kind of like a <laughs> few at some point and like pop off my eyes. So I can't, I literally can't see. That's a really after, good way yeah. to like, okay, y'all, my yeah, eyes are popping out. I can't out. see. So I don't know if you want me to keep going or no, no, no. So, um, That's so funny. no, but I'll like, I'll hang out with everyone like kind of afterwards, you know, um, there's uh, five other artists there. So, like, you know, I make sure we go around and hang out and talk yeah. you know, throughout the day. So you you found yourself at the studio in Dallas. What's it called? Electric Fills. Okay. And do you own that studio? Yeah, yeah. Amanda and I opened it up um, actually, like, two years ago. Awesome. Yeah. I, I haven't been, but I definitely, obviously, from all your pictures and stuff, like, I definitely want to come by. Yeah, and you just- need to. Check it out. It looks really cool. How did y'all get to the point where you wanted to open your own studio? Um, it was always something that her and I talked about. Um, you know, since we started dating, I told her, I was like, at one point, you know, like I always said, like in 10 years, I want to like have my own, have my own place. So she was like, well, let's make that happen one day. And yeah. then I guess like with COVID and lockdown, you know, 
I think that really made us be like unsure of what the future held. So we're just like, why aren't we doing something that we want to do? Um, and then at the beginning, it was just like her and I, like she does photography on the side. Yeah. And so um, we found a great spot and opened it up. And then a few friends came along and then it's just like, it's just grown like so quickly and we're actually expanding soon. So we're just, yeah, I'm telling you, it's a dream. I, I don't know if any of this is real. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Congratulations on Thank all you. that. And you deserve it. Um, and so when did y'all technically open? Uh, January 6th, two years ago. Was that, the years are getting like really weird for me. Is that uh, 2020 or 2021? 2021. Okay. So yeah. it was a year into the pandemic. Yeah. Once y'all, once we kind of were on the other end of it and things were starting kinda. to open up a little. Yeah, yeah you're right. That was kind <laughs> of, we were still very much in a weird spot. Yeah. It was, it was um, still very, like, we didn't know. So how know? did that work? Like, I, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you was like, how did the pandemic affect your art and how you were working and then that can kind of parlay into opening the studio in the midst of the middle of the pandemic. How did that, all that work? Yeah, I mean, it was scary. Like, you know, everything got shut down and um, tattoo studios were in the same category to like be one of the last things to oh, open yeah. up. Oh, right? yeah. It was very controversial. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we I feel like, you know, most of us have a good idea of like good hygiene. So um, but, you know, whatever. At that point, I was like, whatever we need to do to you know save lives i don't no one needs a tattoo right so, right right um but yeah i i again i just think that we're like you know let's let's do this now and then we can kind of have control of the environment um so like i went out and bought like four dyson air filters i got like some blue light filtration for the hvac and just like made sure we had the cleanest air and like low traffic and mm-hmm. i'm just like at least when we're open you know, I can have it be a safe place for my clients and myself, you know? Um, so then, yeah, I guess that's just how it worked out. Yeah. So, um, y'all decided to open the studio. You found the spot and, um, did you have anybody else coming on board with you at, at the beginning or did y'all just decide to do it on your own? You're like, the tattoo artist will come once we open this thing. Yeah. Like we didn't even we weren't planning on having anyone else join. It was just going to be her and I. Okay. Um, and then to the artists that we have now, they were apprenticing at the last shop that I was at and they're already at a new shop. And a couple months in, like one day they call me and they're like, Hey, we'd love to work with y'all. And we're like, of course, you know, so they came over and you know, they're all, they're all family to us. And then after that, um, I had my first apprentice and then just, people just started coming in as a, and then Amanda and I are like we're like we're, we're we built something that is awesome here yeah. and a place that you know artists need um you know somewhere that they can feel at home to like tattoo so we just started growing cool and is it primarily women that work there with yeah. you it's yeah which is pretty cool yeah it's go great. women yay. yeah 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 um, I mean I think it feels it makes you know clients especially like feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um in that environment i've been through too many situations where having just certain men around just makes you feel uncomfortable so yeah yeah and i mean that's one of those things where you know i mean the tattoo industry you know you kind of do think of like late night 
you're a little buzzed and you go get a tattoo yeah. at this kind of sketchy place. But that has sort of <laughs> changed over the years with, you know, the development of like the industry itself and like, um, but you are right. It's a very intimate setting, you know, especially depending on the placement of your tattoo. Yeah. And so it is very helpful to be with somebody in an environment that you feel comfortable with. Um, and that is like not super typical to have a studio that's ran by women, a tattoo studio. So that's really, um, I'm sure that attracts a lot of clients for yeah. that reason, you know? I think it does. I mean, I, I mean, it definitely does. <laughs> clients have told me that, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, kind of being in Texas, like also puts a target on my back in some weird ways, you uh -huh. know, being like just a queer women owned company. Um, so in, in ways like I'm like, yes, this is an amazing thing. But at the same time, I'm like, do I want to like broadcast it all the time? You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand what you mean by that. Um, I guess let's talk a little bit about, you know, being queer and your background, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Growing up, um, so you're married now to Amanda, which is beautiful. But let's go back to the beginning. When did you first start, when did you notice that you were a little bit different, that you may like girls, <laughs> you're kind of queer? A little bit. But you're starting to figure it out. So <laughs> how did you start to figure out that you were gay? I, uh, yeah, I don't, I think fairly young. Like, I remember, like, just, like, creating sideburns in my hair after I got out of the shower. Did you do that? I slicked my hair back. Yeah, I slick it back, and then I, I, wanted... I would, like, pull it down, like, okay. like, little sideburns, and I was just like, I'm going to make the best boyfriend when I get older. Um. So, yeah, but I grew up in Salt Lake, so I was super conservative, and it was even just, like, so unknown. Like, I didn't know any gay people. Yeah. Um, and then I remember having like, you know, a small crush on like a few girls, but I just wanted to be their best friend. Mm -hmm. That's how you, you like, you wanted, yeah, that's how you yeah. translated it at that time. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just like, I really like them, you know, and I hope they like me too. And then I think when it like clicked though, uh, yeah, my, my high school boyfriend, uh, his mom and I were fairly close. And I remember one day she asked me, she's like, you love Britney Spears so much. Like, do, like, do you like her or are you, are you gay? And I was just like, what? No. Like, what do you mean? I just like, but then I like thought about it. I'm like, I don't want to like look like her, like, you know, or be like her. I just really like her. And then I just like had that thought in the back of my head where I'm like, fuck, like I maybe. So your, your high school boyfriend's mother Mom called, called you me out. out. Yeah. And oh then, yeah and I, I to this day I kind of you know I haven't talked to her for for a long time but I'm like hey wish she would have told me she, it wasn't her spot to tell me and then I remember like working at like one of the mortgage companies I worked at and like my old very conservative boss like uh he was I was telling him how I needed a new car and he's like oh you're gonna get a Subaru and I was like what and he's like and I was like why and he like and he would like tease me about like being gay but I was like I'm not gay you guys and then um and then, yeah, and then I remembered, I, like, I went to, um, it's, have you heard of Beats Antique? They're this awesome band out from the Bay. Uh-uh. I'm going to show them to you, but I took Molly for my first time, and I went to go see this show, and there's a belly dancer who's part of this band, and I just, like, I fell in love with her, and I remember that, I'm like, I think I'm gay, like, I, like, How you know? old were you? I was, like, <sighs> I think I was, like, 20. Okay. Where I, like, finally admitted it. 
when you were on Molly at the at Beat the Sensi. concert. Yeah, like, yeah. And I told my boyfriend at at that time, and he was like, "Yeah, like you know, good luck with that." And then I just and, and like he was like, "Yeah, I was like, all right." It was great. Had some good support. Uh, so then, yeah, I just, you know, and then I just tried. I just tried dating women. What did your was, uh, family think about it? Now? Like back then? then? Um, so my dad didn't know for a while, but like once, so I, I moved up to Portland and I, I had a girlfriend at the time. She was like my first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So I came back home to Salt Lake and... I was at lunch with my mom and I'm like, I have to tell her. And she was just like, you know, she, she was a wreck. She was just like, oh, you you don't believe in God now. Like, you're going to hell. Like, are you sure this is a phase? It's because your roommate is gay and it's contagious and like all these things. Right. So I'm just yeah. like, so we got into it. And, uh, you know, I remember I had my nose pierced at that time, too. And she was like, did you do that so that you can make yourself uglier to attract women? Oh, man. Yeah, she got me good on that one. Um, so her and I didn't talk for like two years. And then when I was living with my dad, he I was, t- I was driving him to the airport. And he's like, hey, kiddo, I have a question. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you a lesbian? And I was like, yeah, actually. Like, but why? Like, why do you ask? He's like, mm, the way you dress. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> so he like, he kind of already knew. But he was super cool about it. He was just like, he's very much the the type of parent that's like hey if you're happy I'm happy he just wanted me to find happiness you know mm-hmm. um so he was cool uh now my mom is way better she loves Amanda so I'm thankful that you know Amanda's such a amazing human that like anyone loves her but it's helpful you know yeah um I think she still maybe struggles with it a bit you know just like knowing that you that, aren't what you what she imagined yeah you would be. yeah yes you know as but you know parents can't do that to their own kids so <clears throat> are your parents still together no they they divorced when I was eight okay yeah was that difficult for you no no yeah. I'm kidding yeah <laughs> You're like, no that was no, the was easiest totally thing fine. I literally have ever been through yeah what are you talking about <laughs> it was so fine uh no it sucked it, you know it sucks for everyone I think that age too is like super impressionable and you know, I had just a really weird relationship with all like my mom and dad and like my dad took off. My mom had to go to work full time. My grandma raised me, you know, so I was just kind of I felt like I was on my own a lot. My older sister just did her own thing. So mm-hmm. um, but oddly, they're friends now. Like it's the wildest thing. Like, Your parents are. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it's so wild. But um, yeah, my dad actually remarried his high school sweetheart which i find no way yeah so did my dad well good for them you know what i mean i just like again like i want them to be happy too so whatever but at the end of the day i'm on the same page as you is like i just want everyone to be happy because i want to be happy and i want to do what i need to do even though i know that there are some decisions or situations that i get myself in that i may hurt people i have hurt people and I'm not perfect, and so I can't expect my parents to be perfect. Sure. With that being said, though, on the same in the same breath, like that is a very difficult situation. My parents divorced for me, yeah, and it's very difficult still for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just one of those things where it's just a tender spot. But even though it's still tender, I want them to be happy, and 
you know, I'm not with them every single day. So why should I dictate who they're with and how they live their life? Yeah, know? it's hard. It's, it is hard. But yeah, I just had to be like, you know what? It's everyone has their own life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And your picture perfect idea of it isn't always how it is. Yeah. Right? So just as long as they're not like intentionally hurting other people, I, I don't care. Just mm-hmm. be happy, do your own thing and I'll figure out my own on my own same same (laughs) that's how I feel about it too and so Amanda came along and when did that all happen how did y'all meet so it's a very interesting story uh have you ever heard of Bumble yes no kidding (laughs) it's just it's it's like it's not as simple as that but it was pretty like you know uh I was on Bumble and like I had a picture of my dog my corgi on it and in my bio it said if you like noodles or dogs that are shaped like noodles, like hit me up, we can be friends. Like something, something to that, right? And so she responds and she's like, how about Naoki? And sends me a photo of her Frenchie. Oh man. And I'm like, that is fucking clever and adorable. So yeah, we went out on our first date and I just like, I've never met someone like her. I just like instantly fell for her. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, on our third date, she's like, hey, I gotta go. And I was like, I think and usually I would be like, all right, like, you know, it's nice to meet you. But I was like, it hurt. I was just like, I can't let someone like you just like not be in my life right now. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she, she's born and raised out in California. And so her work also was out there. So she would travel back and forth. So she would come see me through the long distance months that we spent apart. Mm-hmm. And how long did y'all date before you got engaged? Uh, three years. Okay. Yeah. And then in in that time, you moved to Texas and y'all were living in Texas and then y'all got engaged. And where was your wedding at? Um, So we kind of did two things. Uh, We got legally married in Las Vegas. Cool. Um, So we invited like our friends and family. We had a Britney Spears impersonator like officiated at the white chapel That's it was awesome. it was ridiculous um <laughs> britney spears forever forever full circle i know can't believe that your boyfriend's mom in high school was calling <laughs> you out for having a crush it's on Britney. It's so Spears. bad. It's so bad. But yeah, I mean, and that's like how much I love Amanda too where she's just like you know, yeah. we're going to do this. She also like uh set up like a meet and greet and like took me to see Britney like on my 30th birthday are you serious yeah that's that's a whole other she's a keeper yeah that's when i knew You're like, like, like that's we're, yeah yeah we're, we're we're solid so and then we eloped uh out to santorini hell yeah 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 it was just her and i and it was like the coolest most beautiful situation i could ever ask for and that was like november 2019 mm-hmm. so that's right before the world shut down yep so yep. I, I like we felt so lucky that we're able to do that and i know many of couples who were like who just got stuck and they couldn't do what they wanted to do in the, mm-hmm. like, the past couple years. So yeah, for sure. And uh, the pictures are really, really beautiful of y'all's elopement. That's why we did it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just for the photo. Yeah. You're like, shoot, let's get up on this cliff. <laughs> take <laughs> it was pictures. scary. That was so <laughs> wild. But like, yeah, I'm so glad that we have those that like reminisce on and look back on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. It's so beautiful. Um, Okay, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about, so you're obviously a badass tattoo artist. Um, what are some of your passions outside of tattooing? Um, I was thinking about that. I don't know. Like, I 
I love skiing, even though I haven't been able to do it that often. Hell yeah. And then as I saw your golf clubs in here, like that's like been an old passion of mine that just like sparked again for me recently. Okay. I actually went to Top Golf last night. Um, so I, I, I want that to be my passion. Did you play like competitively or did you? No, uh, same high school boyfriend whose mom called me out. Uh, <laughs> his whole family like golfed a lot. So like I would play with them and, you know, it was, I, I think I was like okay at it. And then um, I went and played, I was in New Zealand in November and I went and played with another tattooer and I just like, he, he killed me. And I was just like, I have to be good at this. So like, it's now my thing. And Amanda surprised me last night and took me on a date to the Top Golf and had two other friends come. It was their first time going and they won. You're like, okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of just right. like, maybe I should just give that up before it becomes a passion, you know? Um, Golf is very dangerously addictive and frustrating. It. And it's one of those things like the ultimate love, hate relationship. You, it's like you go <laughs> out know, there and you're just shanking it all around. And then you hit a, you finally hit a good shot yeah. and you're like, I'm back. It's yeah. It's constantly chasing that high. Yeah. And Literally. I, yeah. And I like, that's what, I love about it and that's what I try to explain about it. I also like you know use it a lot as like uh, a metaphor for t t tattooing like there's so many things that you have to do to make like the perfect connect mm -hmm. and no one golfs so no one knows what I'm talking about when I'm trying to explain like tattooing to them I understand. So, like, so I could tell you like yeah but um yeah I don't know other passions besides like you know being with Amanda and the corgis and just like I don't know just trying to I don't know, live, live my best life. Like, I feel like I've come to an age where I'm just like, it's like now or never, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just, this is as young as I'll ever be. And so I just have to like do my best at a lot of the things that I'm doing. So, and I don't know, tattooing has just always been my, like, I love it so much. It's kind of, do you paint or anything like that? I, I used to paint more. I just don't have time. Do you like to paint? I love it. I yeah. love to watercolor. I love acrylics. I've done oil like once or twice, but I mean, I love it. It's so therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think at like the end of all of this, eventually I want to do like art therapy mm. and like teach like painting classes. Hell yeah. Like I love the elderly. So I want to like go and do that. And like, that's like, that's a mission at the end. So, but yeah, I'd love to like, get back into like more painting more like arts and crafts i love like sculpting like like playing with pottery clay. yeah 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 it's so it's so much fun i just don't have time yeah i or, just love you know like working with my hands whether it's outside gardening painting i've, I've noticed that over the last couple of years is like i really enjoy doing things with my hands like yeah. literally making things it's very therapeutic and um but yeah, I was. I wondered if you if you did any painting or anything like that because I could see you probably are really good at that. What would you say? Who has been one of the most inspiring figures in your life for you? It can be someone you know or like a celebrity or somebody that you don't know. But who would you say is someone that's really inspired you in your life? That's a tough one. I don't know, like, there's been, there's been so many, you know, uh, just even, like, my friends who have done things, like, that they wanted to do and set their mind to it, um, even, like, strangers or, like, our clients, you know, like, them telling me their stories 
And I'm just like, you just went and did it. Or you know what I mean? Or just like them surviving situations. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm sure you do hear a lot of inspirational stuff on the yeah. daily, just people coming and sitting down. Cause you know, it's kind of like, um, when you go, when I go get my hair done, my uh, hair, yeah. and she's like, I'm a therapist too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you were the same. Yeah. I know? tell people I'm a unlicensed and unsolicited advice therapist. <laughs> so if you like want anything, like I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. And there's like two parts of that, right? Like I love being a soundboard for someone. Um, but it's also like, I feel like I'm an empathetic person. So if someone tells me something heavy, mm. I'm we're having this exchange too. Like I'm physically touching you and doing something that is, you know, really meaningful and healing. And so like, I take that on a lot, but at the same time, I love that I can also do that. Yeah. But yeah, it can be intense. I've heard everything, like nothing surprises me anymore, but I'm um, like, I try to give the best advice I can. I even told my old therapist, I'm like, I just tell them what you tell me. And they're like, I don't know if that you should be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. You're like, I mean, I'm just relaying the goods, yes, the information. Share it, right? <laughs> Not gatekeeping your therapy. Jeez. Oh, man. Okay. So um, I like to ask this for new people that come on the podcast. What was a time in your life that was a major malfunction, something just happened that you thought you were never going to recover from or it was something you were going to never feel better about but after some time passed and, and you look back on that scenario you actually are like oh my god that that was a building block to who I am today it, it taught me a lot of lessons what's a scenario like that for you honestly it was when Trump was elected oh really <laughs> yeah that like turned my world upside down. Okay. I mean, I'm sure with a lot of people, but that was like, yeah, that one really messed me up. And I'm like, I don't know if we're going to see a light at the end of this tunnel. Um, it was scary. I was in San Francisco and I remember um, that the next day my my client comes in and, you know, they're trans and someone drove up next to them and was like, you're not safe anymore. And I was just like, it scared me. And so I'm like, this is it. Like, you know, we're, we're all fucks, you know? So I, that one really got me and it took me, um, I mean, I'm still, you know, we're still just kind of like seeing hatred still to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I think what it did is it showed who was who. And so I think that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that was like, I don't know if you're like talking about like a malfunction on my own personal end, but like th that was like a huge struggle for me. I yeah, think. no, it can be anything. And, um, I think that that's very understandable. It's clearly whether people know it or not, or aware of it or not, no matter what side quote unquote you're on. Sure. That has all affected us all. And, and it, and it may be not, it maybe isn't just necessarily Trump being elected per se. There's a lot of things that go into him becoming, you know, elected. And also he's not the only person that's now that we see. Yes. That is a problem, you know? And so what I'm trying to say is, is that it's, it's, it's touched us all. It has affected us all. And it, um, we've all kind of, we all have this new reality that we've been thrust into 
Um, or that's just kind of how I feel is just like, we definitely have all had to experience it somewhat of a trauma and people can be rude about that. Saying, oh, you're not, this isn't traumatic, blah, blah. But it's like, no, yeah. What we have all under endured over the last, you know, four years plus with the pandemic and everything is been pretty traumatic, you know, in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of ways. And yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like Trump or you don't like Trump. You can't deny that Trump made things. Uh, it shook things up. Yeah, it shook things up for a lack of better words. And I agree with you, though. I think that for me, I would rather know. I want to know what people are really like. Yeah, I want to know me. what you're really like. And whatever that, however that needs to come to the surface, Mm -hmm. I'm down to take that ride. Yeah. You know? Even, even if it's like your family, right? Exactly. Or your best friend or whatever. Not saying that happened, but like, you know, plenty of people did. Yeah. But yeah, it brought out, it brought out the true self of someone. And Mm -hmm. that terrifies me. And to this day, like, I don't feel comfortable. Like I, I just don't feel comfortable just knowing that there's someone out there that does not like who I am just for loving a certain person, Mm -hmm. you know, certain type of person. So, yeah. But yeah, I think (laughs) he really, he really got us on that one. How did you, um, grow coming from, okay. So you grew up in Salt Lake city, Mm -hmm. then you were in California, San Jose, um, before coming to Texas, Growing up, let's start in Salt Lake City. Were you religious growing up? Yeah. In that conservative area? Yeah, but so everyone's Mormon, but mm-hmm. I grew up Lutheran. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Were y'all yeah. like the rebels over there? No, we were like the devil worshippers. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, those yeah. dang Lutherans. Yeah, like I remember I was like, I think it was like four and I had cross earrings in and I was like, you know, at the neighbor's yard and this girl was like, get off our property. Like you worship the devil. And I was like, what? Like, had no idea because I had cross earrings in. So they were like, oh, yeah, the Lutherans are happy Jesus died. And I'm like, yeah, aren't we supposed to be? Like, you know, what the fuck do you guys believe in? And so, yeah, it was it was odd, you know, because I was always the odd one out. Right? Really? Yeah, yeah, because it's super it's super white there, too. And I'm half Asian. So, like, you know, I, I, I look white, but, like, people are still just like, you're not – something about you you know what I mean <laughs> and they're like what is it uh yeah because they're like blonde and blue-eyed out there yeah it's like straight it's out of wild. a movie it looking is it is so it is wild I mean it's they're they're beautiful people right but like at the same time I'm like this is terrifying <laughs> you know yeah I, I didn't fit in you know I fit in now right but um so yeah it was it was it was weird and then once I like got older I I you know, I kind of got out of religion. I went more spiritual. Um, and then now I'm, I'm just more like nothing. I just, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. There's, I think there's, I just don't know. And I don't really care. And the people who need something to have, like, that's great. And, you know, I support that, but I'm not like, you know, I don't preach it. (laughs) Yeah. Understandable. And, so you go to you you're in California and then you come to Texas. Mm-hmm. What was the environment different here? Like noticeably different? Oh my god. And explain that yeah. change for me. <laughs> it's it's like a 180, right? So I was 
I was like, so Portland to to San Jose to San Francisco. So like, you know, very like more progressive cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like melting pots too. Yeah. Um, and and environment wise, like nature everywhere, the ocean, like all the parks. Um, and then when I came here, it was just, you know, it almost felt like I was back in Salt Lake City again. Right? Like like concrete everywhere or just like almost yeah, uh, Salt Lake's actually really pretty, like it's like nature wise, but more the people, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone was like conservative and kind of looks the same. And, you know, I think Utah, they just have like more kids, you know, at a rapid rate. Um, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> uh, but here, yeah, it, it is concrete. There isn't too much nature. Um, I love the like Southern hospitality, but I noticed that there is like, you know, that undertone of it's it's not nice yeah it's like uh it's a it's what's the word i'm looking for um backhanded yeah Um, it was like when someone was like bless your heart i took that literally i was like thank you you know thank you for that and you're like like, oh you're being a sarcastic asshole and amanda's like no you don't want you don't want that to be said to you and i'm like fuck so yeah it's like we uh you're nice to your face but talk like shit behind you yeah, behind yeah, back yeah. Kind of. i don't know and but like you know the thing is like the people i had i have met here they've been great there's mm-hmm. been so many like you know there's a lot of great amazing humans here for sure yeah, absolutely um, but yeah it was just very like it's just more conservative here um you know it seems like everyone's religious and everyone's hair and makeup is done all the time it's <laughs> <laughs> just like I was like big hair yeah like I, I remember going to the gym I'm like why is she going looking like that and I'm like oh she's going to the gym I'm like well I don't I don't know why you never know who you're gonna meet I guess oh man. I haven't met anyone that anyway that's so. how Dallas is though yeah you know? it is yeah I've known, I know that now but I was just like everyone's yeah. so dressed up all the time gosh like, it's crazy I'm sure do you think I have a an accent yeah yeah yeah, I'm sure you're, you're like Jesus. Where did you grow up in a freaking barn? Like, <laughs> I remember I went to my first barn a couple years ago. Where Where was it? It was so Amanda actually like shot um like a wedding ceremony, and it was in her parents' barn. And I remember going in there. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just I'm just so confused. <laughs> And I still don't really know. I think it's for animals and yeah, barn weddings. Yeah, it's just a thing here. It was beautiful, but I, I just everyone's sitting on hay bales. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're. What do you mean? Do you have an accent? Hay bales. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, it's good my. though. I love it. I love the accent. Yeah, I, I, I can't really do anything about it at this point. It's just too, too strong. Are you from here? Yeah, I grew up in Waco. Um, oh shit yeah a little town outside of Waco and then I went to a college like a little bit south of Waco and then I moved to Dallas when I was done with that wow um since like 2010 I've lived here okay so so Waco's kind of like Salt Lake City mm-hmm. well, I would say so for sure and like I grew up in a little suburb outside of Waco which was a, even more isolated I guess I mean it's fine it was fine like I have a lot of 
really beautiful memories from my childhood. But absolutely, when I look back on it, and I was very involved in the church, it was just mm. very limiting uh, view of the world. And it's very good to get out of that and yeah. to understand that there's bigger and better things. There's nothing wrong with living there, though, as long as you have a better grip of like knowing that there's other people and totally. places that, that exist. Um, but yeah, definitely very conservative. Yeah, I know. There. I think like, you know, once I started traveling more and seeing different cultures and stuff, I'm like, this is not, you know what I mean? Like just nothing's right for one person all the time. Uh, there's just too much for yeah. one thing to be right. Yeah. There's no way. Um, absolutely. And, and you're missing so much if you don't, look into what other people are doing or how other even how even other people worship or what they what they consider divine and holy yeah if we want to go that route but even to like food that they're eating think about if we were closed off to um what other people were eating and stuff we wouldn't have all these badass like restaurants and get to share all of these different things with cultures and stuff so yeah, there's just, there's just too much out there. There's room for everybody at the table. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, and it's just pretty silly to argue about just one certain thing. Yeah. Yeah, Especially I know. Especially God. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, like, where I'm at, too, where I'm just, like, how... how I don't know. <laughs> it blows my mind that, like, I can understand that, right? But so many people can't. Mm -hmm. And I think that just comes down to fear. And I think a lot of things are, you know, stemmed from fear itself. Totally. I'm just like, how do I understand this? But like, none of you guys get that. Fear of the unknown. And life in general is just absolutely crazy when you think about it. Yeah. What are we? What Look are at we us doing? right now. Yeah. What are, <laughs> what are we doing? We're sitting in a little garage studio having a conversation and there's eight other billion people out there doing God knows what, yeah. you know, they have their own lives. That's another thing. Do you ever get just kind of spiral into the rabbit hole? I'll be somewhere. And then I start thinking about like, Oh my God, that person has a whole life. Oh, that person has a whole life. And that person has a whole life that I don't even know about. It's just, and it's very complex and they have, pain and trauma and happiness you know and I you start looking at this person and it's unbelievable I don't know a thing about them but they have a whole life yeah you know and there's millions of people out billions of people out there that I that I will never know and um that's kind of trippy to me it's like I'm just wandering around on this earth and that's that kind of leads me back to the thing of well I I don't know enough to tell anybody what they should believe in if I don't if I'm not even going to be able to meet everybody on this earth then why am I going to try to dictate it what anybody does on this earth yeah. like it's too big it's too massive there's but. way too much yeah like and that's the thing too right like I know that I don't know everything right and some people are like I know everything I'm like no I like the more I know the less I know absolutely the older I get that is what I continually come back to is like oh my gosh I, don't, I literally don't know anything I don't and it kind of helps give me peace Let's loosens the grip of trying to control or to have the answers to everything um, or to steer your life in a specific direction. Because like, you know, like I think doing good things and in good intention will propel your life in the direction it's supposed to go. But you don't fully know where that direction is going to go. Like you can say, I want to go here, but nine times out of ten you're not going to end where you're pointing. You're going to yeah. end up way over there, but it's going to be cool. You yeah. know, like wherever you end up is going to be fine. 
probably better than what you even can imagine in your head. But yeah, I, I constantly like tell people like, you know, I, I try to be a good person now because if reincarnation is real, I'm trying to come back as a dog, <laughs> like to a family of five on a like lake house situation. The kids are nice to me, yeah. they, like home cooked meals, like all that. Like that's what that's what I'm trying to shoot for. But to also not have any expectations because who like I don't really who know. really knows. Yeah. Do you think there um, is intelligent life in the universe other than us? Yeah. Why yeah. not? I agree. Yeah. I don't like. <laughs> have, <laughs> have you seen space <laughs> on this flat earth? Have you seen it? <laughs> flat earth. It's really easy to see when you when it's like flat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, I don't know. Like, how could there not be? How could there not be? I don't. Do you think they visited us? Totally. You do? Yeah. Do you? Um, I definitely don't discount it. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think that they probably are. And I think that one way that they are doing it, which could be, I think sometimes we think about it in the, in the wrong way. I think that people think that, oh, if aliens can get here, then why wouldn't they just present themselves or something? And it's like, well, maybe a couple things, maybe they're sending like drone um, UFOs that don't have actual people in them yet because that's kind of what we do yeah. when we're exploring the greater reaches of space is like we're sending out these satellites that are man they're operated by us for uh, like at home base on earth we're not in them so maybe they're sending out like different um different drones just to observe and maybe there's not a actual little green alien in that thing that someone sees but it's like a drone that's just here to observe. And maybe this is the first time that they've stumbled across our planet. Maybe this is the first drone that they've made that could reach over here. And um, it's not as advanced as we all may think. Like, that they could just come here. There's got to be a first time that they do something. Sure. You, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we're kind of clunky with how we are space traveling right now. And so they may be more you know, elevated or more uh, farther in the future with it, but they still may be a little clunky with it. Do you think that they're like competitive, like against like other, other <sighs> aliens? If they're anything like us, then I would say yes. You know what I mean? Or is that just like the human race, right? Is that just the <sighs> ego built? But you know what I mean? If they're like, Oh, we, we landed on earth first. I, I We're really, never going to do it again. I would hope that, um, I would hope that if we were to, evolve into more um intellectual beings that we <laughs> <laughs> could learn how to not make everything so competitive yeah. Com competition is good mm -hmm. because it helps propel but when it starts to lead to like war and things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where it, it gets ridiculous but yeah i mean i'm sure there's like galaxy 10 is beefing with galaxy 14 yeah and they're just not down and they're trying to get to us first. And that's like, that's what we're seeing. And that's their mistake. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> I, it's cool. Uh, Amanda actually got me tickets to see Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he's coming. I don't know when he's coming. He's coming sometime this year. So I'll oh, ask yeah. him. I'll ask him what he thinks. But I've got a question. I have a question. I'm going to be the dumbest person in the room. Be like, I have a question. Do aliens compete? Yeah. Are they competitive? <laughs> I didn't find that in your books anywhere, but I just want to know, like, 
but yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll ask him. I'm so glad that you're talking to me about aliens because I definitely, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. And I, I don't know. I, I like to go outside in the mornings and just kind of take a couple breaths and look up at the stars or at the moon. And I've been doing that for about a year or in so. In the morning? Yeah. What time do you wake up? I get up really early. I, I kind of have like an opposite life of you. Okay, I get up at four. Oh my god! Right as you're going to bed. Yeah, I get up at four and I oh make a god. cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of journal sometimes. I may do some creative stuff. I go outside, um, drink my cup of coffee, and and that's when I like kind of look up at the stars and the moon. It really helps to remind myself that like there are bigger things out there that what I'm dealing with this particular day isn't the most important thing in the world it's going to be okay um and then I start working out about five I work out from five to about six thirty six fifteen you work out for an hour and a half yeah I mean I warm up for like 20 minutes because I'm 35 so am I (laughs) it takes about 20 minutes to get this old girl warmed up god so, and I mean, I kind of like take my time. That's why I, I get up so early because I go to work at 730. Mm. And so I work out and then I take a really hot bath and I take a really cold shower. And that kind of helps yeah. me get like ready for the day. Because by the time I get through with the work day, it's really hard for me to, to like conjure that same like um, that energy or that excitement that I have for my creative stuff or just my brain just doesn't work by the end of the day. Cause I've been dealing with so much at work. Um, so I just try to like have some time to myself before the onslaught of the day. And I've found that that really helps me, you know, just feel productive, feel like I've had my time that I'm not like spending my, all of my time at places that I don't fully, you know, like I, I don't hate my job, but like, I don't want that to be the only thing that I'm doing in my day. So, but then, you know, I get home and, um, I get home between like four and five and, you know, eat. And then I may, depending on the day, like I may do some podcast editing. I may do some music stuff, but it's not as like zoned in. I'm not, I don't have that freshness that I have in the morning. And for some reason, like I love the mornings. It's just like, there's something about, especially before the sun comes up, I feel like it's a secret time. It's like, I'm, no one knows about this time. It feels like a very sacred time. I'm awake before the whole world is stirring. It's just kind of a, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting away with something or it's just like secret. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I did that or could have that. But I go to bed between like eight and nine. At like 5 p.m.? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I go to bed early. That's the only downfall. Eight or nine. Yeah. So you're still at the studio. Yeah. I eat dinner at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. We have opposite lives. Yeah. I know. Yours sounds more interesting though. I I don't know about that. I mean. You have like this whole secret life in the morning. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I'm doing my thing and yeah, it's just like. There is something really cool about being up before everybody else is. Um, And yeah, there's just something about the way that my mind is working at that time that I'm very, a lot of ideas. And and also like when I'm working out, like I'll be jotting down notes and stuff or I'll just be contemplating like things I'm going through, my struggles, creative ideas. I'm I'm just like all these ideas in the morning, man. 
I feel yeah. like if I like gave myself more time like that in the mornings or at night, you know, I could hone in more into like creative ideas because I feel like I'm at like a lull, right? Like on yeah. that side, but I'm also just like okay with not thinking. I think that's how I've been like. Yeah, and that's kind of the point. Like when I get home, that's kind of my time for Caroline yeah. and to to not do a lot of thinking. Sure. You know, like put on something to watch yeah. or um but I understand what you mean like sometimes it's it's not you don't want to be thinking all the time yeah. cuz that gets me in trouble as is I kind of go in circles and um do you journal or anything like that? No, I used to. I just again like me always saying I don't have time. I just, I, I literally just don't make it. I love sleeping. Mm. And I love tv I, I didn't grow up with tv like much as a kid and so like once netflix came around i was You're like catching up on lost time yeah i was like what is this i never have to leave my house yeah the world is here sleep is very important though. it is important and so like i think just like my cycle right now like i'm always we're always like let's go to bed let's go to bed and by the time we like get to bed it's always midnight and then we'll just like lollygag and like put on a show uh-huh. and then it's one and then it's two and then sometimes it's three or like a little later i'm like oh my god i have to wake up in a little bit but now i'm I'm trying to work out again for the first time in a year and i if i'm like if i get 15 minutes in like that's that's great hey that's, that's it's something right no, yeah but like an hour and a half i'm like thinking like what do you do for an hour and a half yeah no well um <laughs> i will say like that's really great that you have that mindset because like that's literally all it takes yeah it's like, literally all it takes is like just doing something because that always leads to more and that's been something that I've built up you know and for me um I kind of went you know I've gone through some ups and downs with working out through the years I've all it's always been something that's been very important to me I grew up playing sports and so um you know that drew that drove my life for a long time and then I played basketball and golf in college and, um, so I was really, really disciplined. And then I also got my undergrad and my master's in exercise physiology. Mm. So like I really dove into that and I really fell in love with learning about the body and just all of that. And I think that that was the biggest, uh, blessing for me because I think that's what holds a lot of people back is just merely like not knowing fully how everything works because it is very like it can get overwhelming when you think about okay what do I got to eat and what do I got to work out and you just kind of like got to like separate it in, into small habits that you you know kind of build on top of it uh build on top of each other but um but yeah I got I got a lot of knowledge back then and but it was but some things went down my parents got a divorce and that was like shortly after I graduated with my master's and that really knocked the wind out of me for several years. Like it was literally that day that I stopped working out when oh, I found wow. that out. It was it, like, now that I look back on it, I'm able to kind of pinpoint these times and, but I didn't realize it when all that was going on, but it's really interesting to kind of reflect back on that. Um, so I, I didn't work out for many, many years and I kind of struggled with, um, alcohol abuse and stuff like that. But it was um, the end of 2019, I started working out a little bit more. Um, and into 2020, I was working out. And then 
I really got serious the fall of 2020. I started taking vitamins every day. Yeah. I was like, that's I'm going to start taking a vitamin every yeah. day. And then that's kind of how it forever. started. <laughs> it started like I started taking the vitamin and then yeah. I started like I do yoga and stretch. I started stretching a, a lot. And then um, I'm sorry. I'm just like long winded telling you the story. No, I love it. And then I got my uh, adjust, adjustable dumbbell set from Caroline for Christmas. And that because everything was shut down still. Yeah. You couldn't go to the gym. And so those are hard to find. Yeah. And that really like really opened up the door for me. I didn't have to go to the gym and I really got focused on a routine. And I joined like a little community fitness community, which was really cool because like I know how to work out and I can write programs and I can do all of yeah. that. But like, I just really don't want to anymore. And I also am limited with my same things that I do. And it's kind of good to have a fresh perspective. And man, that's really helped me is just, I, I have a workout. I get on my app every day. I, I don't have to think about what I'm going to do. I just go off my workout and no thinking about it. And that really helped um, you know, so, like take some of the stress off of like, well, what am I going to do today? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Blah, blah, blah. So that really kind of kick, kick started everything for me into really developing a pretty strong routine. But yeah, I mean, I just have noticed that, um, it's something very productive for me to do. I'm kind of a hyper individual. I've got a lot of energy going on <laughs> and it helps kind of bring me down a little bit. Like, okay. Um, it's really good for my mental health and it's really helpful for me like around my cycle and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just a really, really freaking good outlet. I cannot, I I just, I think it's one of the key elements for us as human beings. Yeah. Truly. You want to hear something interesting? Um, I'm allergic to heat. What? Yeah. So you, Caroline may be similar. She's, she like swells up and gets really weird like fingers and stuff really I get hives so like uh-huh. when I work out and I sweat and it's hot I get hives so I, I'm always like I'm allergic to working out and everyone's like that's insane uh, but I'm like, like I'm, I'm not lying no, I'm not lying and like when I moved here too like if I get too hot if I'm left outside for too long I start like itching so like and you know like the runner's high right like I'm sure you've had it plenty of times or just you know what I mean I have never had that and I've played sports too and I've never had that really I I hate it I hate moving I hate working out but I know I need to do it man so like is it dangerous for you to get hot like at a certain point do you is it dangerous I don't I mean I don't think so yeah. I just get itchy, you know, but it's it's just annoying. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go into like anaphylactic shock or, you know, I could. Give me a Benadryl. Yeah, hurry. <laughs> get the EpiPen. Um, but yeah, like, so I, I just hate it. And Amanda's so sweet. She like set up this whole room. We have a Peloton. We have a rowing machine and we have like a punching bag. Right. Hell like, yeah. We have everything like in a home gym. And I'm just like, meh. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Do you like yoga? Do you like... Not really. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I get... I think I get bored too easily mm. if I'm not like, you know... I'd rather play sports. I, that's what I was about to ask you. Um, And I don't know. I haven't played this yet, but I really am interested it in pickleball? it. pickleball? Yes. Yeah. If you're down... I'm so down. I'm let, Let's figure out where to play some pickleball because... There's a whole bunch of places, but I, I talk about it a lot. Like, I'm like <laughs> You would think that you play pickleball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked about it so many times with so many people, you'd think I was on a league, but like... 
I really, I do, I really want to play. I, cause I love tennis and I played basketball in high school and I would like okay. love that. And like, you know, golf isn't really like a physical sport besides like walking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, well, totally. So you play basketball in high school? Yeah. Okay, what position? Uh, forward, clearly. Okay. No. Because like, <laughs> like, damn. Right. No. Point uh, guard? Point guard, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I loved it. I loved it so much. I thought I would get a scholarship for that, and I, I didn't because um, I wanted to play in college as well. So you kind of like lived my dream playing like <laughs> basketball and golf in college. I'm like, that's awesome. That's oh, what I wanted yeah. To do. It was, golly. I played at a small Christian university. Yeah um oh man it's were just the girls mean no no we were it, the cool thing about it was like it was such a small school that pretty much half of the enrollment was like all athletes okay and so we kind of ran the school we kind of just we, we were like you know <laughs> kind of small we were like big fish small pond yeah, kind of yeah. thing um but all the athletes kind of ran around together and partied together and there weren't like sororities or fraternities at our school. So, um, our basketball team, like we were, it was basically like an instant sorority group that you were a part of. And that was, you know, I have a lot of feelings about my experience. Um, at the end of the day, I think that I'm, I like, I'm so thankful for my experience because I, I know that it it helped me be who I am. Kind of like the malfunctions that we were, I was asking you about for your life. Um, there were definitely some difficult times during that period, but oh my God, such a priceless experience. Um, and just being at a Christian university, a team full of lesbians, you know uh-uh. what I mean? On this basketball team. And I mean, cause like, here's the deal. Okay. Dre, if you want to win, if you want to win sports, women's college sports, you got to have a few lesbians on your 100%. team. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. You got to have a few gay girls. At least four. If you want to win a championship, <laughs> you got to get some lesbians on Did your you team. Did you win the championships? Um, well, we won the West side uh, okay. my senior year. And then whenever I went to UT Dallas to coach after I played. Were, what? And... There we did win championships, what? and that was really freaking cool. That's fucking cool. Um, and it, that was a really cool experience because the head coach is gay. It's a public university. Um, so when I went there, that was my first time to actually be in a professional setting to where I could be oh, I love that. out. Yeah. And and I was still not out fully, but that was the place like that. Being there helped me grow and to help me, you know, know it was okay to be a professional and be gay and like people can know that I'm gay and it doesn't, it's not going to like, I'm not going to get fired. And I also can be like a respectable human being. Being gay doesn't mean that you're a promiscuous sexual deviant, you know? Um, But it was cool because, you know, there we're able to talk to our girls about them being gay. Like we're, we can recruit you knowing that you're gay and not tell you that you're not allowed to be gay once you get to campus, you know, is that was kind of the things like, you know, being at a Christian Christian university, you're not allowed to really be out or at that time you weren't allowed to be out without repercussions, whether you weren't allowed to be a team captain or you'd be kicked off the team or, you know, I mean, it's in the the student handbook that you're not allowed to be gay at these universities, which kind of how I feel about it now is kind of like the Trump thing. Like, okay, like, 
that's fine. What I would tell gay kids is like, you just don't need to go to these universities and you don't need to let them recruit you. Where where I have an issue with it is like, whatever, if you are a Christian university and you want to try to say that homosexuality is against your religion, like I respect that. What I don't respect is for you to recruit girls that you know are gay to put them into your program and, and to expect them to suppress who they are um because they're at your institution it's yeah. like so you know and and their argument may be well i didn't know she was gay and it's like well she's wearing cargo pants and a backwards hat i'm yeah. not sure how, what flannel. else so they're, let's use some context <laughs> you know it's it's probably just because they want to win and that's what right? i'm saying yeah so like yeah i i know it's it's so it's so backwards <sighs> yeah dude and so do you have anything big coming up anything that um any events or anything like that that you're working yeah. on this year? Yeah, we got a couple. Like I said, we're um, we're expanding the shop, so we're adding a second level to the shop. Which That's is gonna awesome. Be crazy. Yeah, so that will just allow more stations for more people if they want to come. Um, so that's gonna be crazy. Uh, and then this month, in a couple weeks, um, we have a convention in, in Austin. Okay. And then that'll be, like, right before, like, the construction starts, I believe. And then in February, we're going to um, London. There's a tattoo convention out there. Um, and I'm doing a guest spot out there. And then... That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I love... Like, we travel a lot. Um, yeah, I saw you went to New Zealand, right? Not yeah, too long ago. Yeah, and before that, we're in Italy. God. Before that, we're in Iceland. Yeah, I went to, I went to three countries last year. Okay, Iceland? Yeah. Tell yeah. me about that. Was that incredible? Yeah. It, it looks like a different planet. It's yeah, it's it's stupid, right? It's, it's yeah, a, I want to go there so you bad. You have to. It was our second time going. Um the first time we like rented a van and like drove to the whole like southern coast. Um it's I mean it's ineffable, right? There's just no other place like it. Um and then this time we just stayed in Reykjavik, which is like the main city. Okay. And when we were there in June, it was like sunlight for twenty four hours. So that was like really weird to see Tripping like you out. Yeah, to see like all the drunk people at like <laughs> in broad like daylight, right? But like I'm like, you it's it's not pretty. Uh but yeah, it's cool. The people there are just very sweet. The land like the landscape is just wild. It's almost like you're on another like literally like another planet. Yeah. Um, even down to like their horses, like their horses are like really special. I don't know if you know this, like they're, they're known to have like these amazing horses. And if these horses leave the country for like a competition or anything, they can't come back. Right. Cause it like, will I don't, it's wild, but um, magic horses. Yeah. They're beautiful. That makes sense though. I mean, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know. Do you watch Lord, like Lord of the Rings or anything like that? No. Okay. I, I did. So I have, I watched all of them, but in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> On accident. Yeah. Everyone asked me like, how, how did you not know? And I'm like, I literally don't know anything about it. I was so confused. And I was like, Lord of the Rings is stupid. I don't get it. And that I know why. Yeah. yeah. I spent a long time doing that and for nothing. So, so no, I don't. Well, it's, it kind of reminds me of just like, I mean, uh, New Zealand is the same way in different parts of Europe, but 
in, in Iceland, just the terrain yeah. and the way that the movie was shot. And it just has really dramatic landscape yeah. and stuff like that. So it's stunning. It really is like, you know, the, the waterfalls in Iceland or yeah, Iceland. And then like in New Zealand, it was, we only got to explore like just such a small part of it. Yeah. And it was just still like, you know, um, what's the other one? Um, it is Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Hobbit, like, the Hobbit. Yeah. The Hobbit it's is the same thing, right? Yeah. The Hobbit is before the Lord of the Rings. So you the Hobbit. It to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nerd out on me real quick. <laughs> yeah. Now. And now they just released Rings of Power, which is like a series on Amazon, which is set like a thousand years before the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. So it kind of develops the story, gives more of a history mm. of what actually plays out in the Lord of the Rings series. So it's the books, it's the Hobbit, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and then Return of the King. So the Hobbit, they made that movie, though, after the movies The Lord of the Rings came out. But it's set, like, about 100 years before um, The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really big on Lord of the Rings. Like, no, I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, well, you have to go to New Zealand, go to yeah. Hobbitville, because, like, the people who love Ho that they they freak out about it i we didn't have a chance to go um it's yeah. like a mandatory like two-hour tour once you're there yeah i i we've found we met someone who used to work it so she was going out for like i think for the movie or for like something okay right something yeah i think they out. did shot they did shoot some of the new things in new zealand i think and then they moved it to europe i don't remember but i have no you um, should know this so. i know i need it i'm slacking but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we get to we get to travel a lot, you know. What's the Italy. tattoo scene like, like in New Zealand, uh, Iceland? Yeah, it, it's so it like? it's just so different, like everywhere. You Do know? you learn different techniques and stuff like that when you travel? Not so much. I I wouldn't say like different techniques. Like it, it's it's all pretty much the same at this point, right? Yeah. Um, it's all very like modernized. Um, just maybe different styles. Yeah. And, you know, personalities and like the way people go about it but um yeah it's it's different everywhere it's like it's even different like from city to city i would say yeah like even here for right? sure um for sure but it's always just fun to like connect with other artists and you know i think that's like for me i love just to network with other people and like you know get to know them like hear their stories i love history so i love hearing like how they got into it like you know what they're like and to find someone else who's as passionate as I am, like, that's always, that's always fun. Yeah. Do you have, like, one specific tattoo artist that um, you, you've been like, man, this person is the best artist, or I love this artist? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I have a few. Um, you know, I, there's so many people coming up, too, where their art is just so insane. Like, yeah. where you're like, how is that even a tattoo? Mm -hmm. you know what I mean but yeah I definitely have like some some people that I like look up to and I'm just like and now I'm like I got to shake hands with you you know what I mean so yeah there's definitely a, a few of them you're right though talking about how advanced it seems that artists are getting these days because and I think part of that has to do with the internet yeah and being able to learn things at an exponential rate lot lot faster than we were able to you're able to do a lot of stuff independently um you're able to network and meet people but 
it's so it's similar in music. You see these young kids that are able to do all this kind of musical stuff, and you're just like, wow, these kids are gonna be phenomenal. Insane, yeah. Um, they're they're different human beings than we were. Yeah, and there's like some people are kids these days, and they talk shit about kids, <laughs> and I think that that's just what old people do when they when they stop like evolving or something, and. Of course, there are going to be qualms about how kids are these days. And, of course, there are going to be things that are going to be troublesome about any generation. But all I know is that I just, like, we're the last generation that remembers what it was like to grow up without all this technological stuff. And, you know, it is definitely... It is definitely doing something for these kids. Oh, yeah. I've, I've never changing, seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah, it's changing us as human beings, good or bad. I don't know. I think that that is determinant on how you use it as a person. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I say it all the time. Like, I'm like, I remember looking at tattoos in magazines, mm-hmm. right? And now kids are like, what's a magazine? And you're like, well, just, <laughs> just nail it in, you know? Yeah. Just push push me and nail it shut, like. Those magazines are going to be worth something someday. I, I doubt it. You know, they're yeah. going to be like old relics. Like, yeah. look at this. This is called a magazine. Yeah. Like from yeah, yeah. 1999. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, like, as long as people are using it, you know, or how they use it, it's going to be helpful to, to them. But, yeah, I see it all the time with, like, with music. Like, we see, like, DJs on their mixing boards, like, you know, and they're phenomenal or just, like, singers or whatnot. And they're just on TikTok. And you're mm-hmm. just like... Or even competition shows, right? Yeah. Like, they have it for singing and tattooing. You're like, that's how, like, is that what it is now? Like, before you were on the street, mm-hmm. you know, or at a bar or whatever, like, just trying to get attention somehow. And now it's just, like, it is in your face wherever you want to look. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I hope they know how good they have it. Yeah. Those damn yeah. kids. It's, uh, yeah. Keys these days. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I won't take up too much more of your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming over and let me chat with you about everything and asking you questions about your life. And I really enjoyed getting to learn more about you. And um, I guess, you know, I'll have to come by the studio and let you do a couple tattoos. I know Jesse and I had a couple ideas. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd love to. I might be able to bring some stuff here and... Yeah. yeah, we could figure it out. No, but thank you, thank you for, for you know, giving me time and space and letting you hear a little bit about me. Absolutely, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And just like that, we are done with another episode of Malfunction. If you're still here, thank you so much. Go ahead, head over to my Instagram page at malfunction underscore pod that's at m-a-l-f-u-n-k-t-i-o-n underscore pod follow the podcast review the podcast wherever you listen share the love and until next time let's keep the funk and malfunction peace